2: What's good, y'all? It's your boy, Just Blaze, host of Above the Rim. Subscribe and tune in each week to hear me and a special guest discuss the latest in the NBA, the way you want to hear it, with the topics that you want to hear. Keep it locked.
1: I mean, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, You know, some guys in this league are your teammates, but Melo's my family. You know, so for me, it's all about his happiness at the end of the day. Let me say this. Me, AI, and a couple other players they trying to blackball Mel- Melo. Why are the season's just starting? Why they coming up and saying your time with the team is almost up and the season's just starting? You see what I'm saying? They're trying to blackball Melo and put him, push him out the league and make sure it looks like he can't play no more or make sure it looks like every team he goes to he's a problem or he's a cancer on the team in the locker room, which is so far from being true. I can name 50 people Melo better than right now in the NBA. And that shit ain't cool at all. Everyone's talking about what went down after the game. We know KG and Carmelo got into it a little bit during the game. Both guys getting the technical. Well, Carmelo let it spill over to after the game. You see him in the red hat right there waiting alongside the Celtics team bus for Kevin Garnett. Carmelo told KG during the game he would see him after the game and he was not lying at all. There were also reports of Carmelo waiting for the Celtics as they went into the locker room. Plenty of yelling and shouting from mellow. police officers on hand, but no one came to blows. Talk about it. You are now tuned in to Above the Rim.
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above the Rim, episode 74, brought to you by your honorable host, it's your boy Justin, A.K.A. Just Blaze, and another special guest on deck for y'all this week. One of my guys out here, B.K., CEO of Rich Threads Clothing. My homie Reem, fam. What's good, family? How are you? It's
1: good, man. I'm here, finally. Finally talking shit on Twitter. <laughs> <But> I'm here. <laughs>
2: Exactly. Um, so, film you can find, find Above the Rim anywhere you listen to podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever. To get in contact with me or the show, you can follow me on Twitter at justblaze513. IG is justblaze513. And on Facebook, to search for Above the Rim podcast. And also email the show as well at Above the Rim NBA podcast at gmail.com. Ring. Where can your family connect with you, man? Everything Rich
1: Threads, R-I-C-H-E, Threads, T-H-R-E-A-D-S. Whether it be uh, Facebook, Instagram, everything. Yes, sir. The website, richthreads.com. Check it out, family. Definitely, we Definitely. got a fifty. We got a fifty percent off uh, Black Friday. Okay. For all the people going on, so you know we go shop, show you love.
2: Yo, show the love. <laughs> show the love. Um, also, if you got any feedback for the show, responses to the questions, call up the line, and that number is 908-718-1592. You can send the responses via email as well. And um, reading for our first topic this episode. We might need a moment of silence, man, for our fallen soldier. They doing my man Melo dirty. Disgusting. Disgusting what they doing to Melo right now. Y'all heard the intro, and we got to start off with my man Carmelo Anthony. Everybody knows I'm a fan of Melo. I brought my man Reem here because he is a fan of Melo as well. And they doing him dirty, man. I just can't believe this. Ten games in to my man Melo. So... If you didn't know, if you were living under a rock, as we all know by now, Mello, Carmelo Anthony, being away from the Rockets after a grand total of 10 games. 10 games that he played for the Rockets. That's it. He averaged 13-5, 40% from the fail that they complained about, 32% from three, which they complain about, 29 minutes, but he was in the 16th season, veterans minimum contract that my man Mello's on. And, um... This one hit me in the heart, man. Because Melo is one of my favorite guys. One of my favorite guys in the league. And I put a lot of stock into this union with Melo, CP3, and the Rockets working this year. And I'm disappointed, man. I'm d- very disappointed. And I need you here to break it all down with me. And um, I wanted to read um, the statement. I don't know if you read the ream uh, that the Rockets put out when they were announcing his waving. It said, but listen to the coded language in here. It was... um the fit we envisioned when Carmelo chose to sign with the Rockets has not yet materialized. Therefore, we thought it was best to move on as any other outcome would have been unfair to him. So let's start here. Let's dissect this. Right. First okay. of all, the fit that we envisioned for Carmelo Anthony. I want to know what that fit was that you envisioned for Carmelo Anthony because what was it? Could you figure it out?
1: For me, everybody's saying oh, Ariza, Lugba, Mute, left," and mm-hmm. then. He was a Ryan Anderson replacement
2: Yes, thank you
1: Ryan Anderson can't play D, Mello can't play D mm-hmm. Mello's more confident with the three ball And even if he's missing, mm-hmm. he'll keep shooting Ryan Anderson's going in the shell, he's not shooting anymore Yeah And then he's getting buried at the end of the bench Because mm-hmm. he can't do anything else I agree Mello could play decoy; he could pass a little bit only, His only deficiency
2: is really defense mm-hmm. And everybody knew that at 16 years in the league is, that's about to, is that not common knowledge though? Is that anybody who knows basketball, are you expecting Carmelo Anthony to be an elite defender? Carmelo in his third season I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. So I don't I don't see the issue with it. Is right as you alluded to that he said he uh He replaced Ryan Anderson. That's what a lot of people forget. They forget Trevor Reza and um, was, uh, excuse me, James Ennis was Trevor Reza's replacement. And then they didn't really have a replacement for Luke really like that, but they were basically trying to emerge Gary Clark, the rookie, as a Luke replacement or another person in a rotation or slightly Michael Carter-Williams they thought would be a perimeter defender. Remember, they thought. (laughs) (laughs) Doodle. MCW, boy, I'm 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 pissed off because I was a little bit high on him in the preseason because he did look good, man. In the preseason, I was fooled.
1: My problem with the Rockets, mm-hmm. what they they don't allow the player to play their game. Mm-hmm. It's either a system which is no system. Mm-hmm. It's ISO heavy for two players, pick and roll, mm-hmm. and heavy switching. Mm-hmm. Other than that, like you got Melo apologizing in the preseason for stepping back. I didn't like that, man. Like he's one he's a mid-range killer, <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
2: I didn't like, and I know he was doing that doing that to be courteous and all that, but man, I mean it was funny at the moment, but I really didn't like that was a bad sign and we should have yeah. read into it and we we just took it as a joke actually is what we did. Yeah, cuz it went in. Cuz it went in and that was a problem, but Let's talk about who we think is uh, the most to blame for this debacle or for this fiasco gone wrong. So, to me, I'm blaming Tony. Mm. To me, majority of the blame goes to Tony. Not all of it, but majority to me goes to Tony. I honestly feel like he kind of low-key manipulated the situation, this whole entire Melo signing. Because, first off, I think he... I think him he agreed to bring Mello in just to appease cp3 at first cp3 is re-signed they know him, they wanted to re-up they wanted to run him back quote unquote and we all know cp3 is an advocate for mellow and we know that he was the main hand in bringing Mello over there to houston so i think dan tony wasn't crazy about it to begin with but he said you know what that's my star point guard we do need him he spoke to darryl Morey. he said listen I think it, it, they talked basically. They talked D'Antoni into it, and he really was very reluctant to do it from the start. And I think because of that, he didn't really try his hard enough to put Melo in the proper positions in order to succeed or what he's good at, as we talked about before. I think they basically during the summer, I remember when they had a they had a big meeting in summer league in Las Vegas they with his team, down and- sat down, had a meeting. I think they basically sold Melo on being like the leader of the second unit. Get what I'm saying? If you do come off the bench, if we feel like the bench role is the best for you and for this team going forward, you will be the leader of the second unit along with Eric Gordon and you're still gonna get your touches where you like. Yeah. Because you're gonna be playing with the second unit. And I think... That's what I figured. That's what I. That's what I feel like they sold to him. But we know when this started the season out, that really wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. Dan Tony, he was a little bit different, and uh, he started fluctuating Mello's minutes. He wasn't consistent with mellow in those ten games, and Mello was a Mello was a rhythm player, as we know, for his so whole he, season, for his, for his whole, whole career, whole career. So he needs a rhythm. So me, I'm putting majority to blame on Dan Tony. So Reem, what about you? Who you putting the blame on for this? tobacco it's a lot of moving parts in this situation Mm -hmm. one I
1: think the rotation change with Melo coming I don't believe Ennis is a starter Mm. that's one
2: I agree with you
1: that's one so you have Melo coming in more as a starter six because he's still playing 30 something minutes over Ennis and it's playing 20 something minutes and 29, Twenty nine minutes. Yeah,
2: Melo was playing. Mm-hmm.
1: So then you turn around and then you change the rotation of Eric Gordon, mm-hmm. which he used to be in the gunner coming off the bench as the sixth man. He started off the year terrible.
2: Yeah, horrible. You shooting like eighteen percent or something like that. So you got
1: him shooting bad. Capella, the the switching wasn't working. But the 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 onus of this problem has to go on ownership. Oh, ownership. Okay. The reason yeah. I say ownership because they could have paid into the luxury if you really wanted to run it back mm. more Ariza than Luke Bamute you, you could have got two simple players clock, you I mean to step up in a position like that mm-hmm. but if you really want to run it back you bring back the same defensive thing set premise that they had mm-hmm. and then you got Melo for Anderson and it works you, you're changing the landscape of the team and expecting so, the same result. So
2: who do you think they should have kept? So you were saying if your ownership, you would have paid Ariza 15 milli? No, no. He would, he, to
1: stay there... He was asking for no,
2: 15. No. All right. They, they, were, they were
1: giving him 15 if he so they had a bag, but mm-hmm. he had no opportunity to win. He's an older player. Mm-hmm. If
2: you'd have upped it to like 12, he'd so stay for 12. So you think he'd have stayed for 12? I agree with you. I really think he would have stayed for 12. To be on a winner for 12... Forget no state
1: him, him to be in a win. To have a winning team in the same position to push Golden State again, you pay that tax.
2: So you don't think they even offered them 12?
1: Nah. Mm. For him to take
2: 15 and sign right away? Nah. And it was the first day. Yeah. It was right after 12, too. I think it was about 2 a.m. I, reason, I, I couldn't believe it. I said, wow. But then, you see, I'm honestly... I'm okay with losing a Ariza. I'm not gonna lie to you. For 15 milli, 12 milli, I still don't want to pay a Ariza that because I was highly upset with his over 12 in Game Seven. And a lot of times, I love his defense, but he was a great glue guy. He was like more of a. I feel like he's like a Shane Battier role on those heat years. I feel like I could. I, I can see that. I can see. You could trust Ruiz. him though. You could trust him. Yeah, you could trust him. But I feel like his production. Could have been replaced for a little bit cheaper, but not James Ennis cheaper. You get what I'm saying? Like that's too much of a downgrade to me. And that but was my issue. It wasn't a lot of glue guys on the open market at, at that
1: st- Trevor Reese got his length and he can shoot the corner three. That's mm-hmm. their system. True. I'm saying so it wasn't a lot of guys like that. Ennis was known for defense and
2: occasional threes. Mm-hmm. But you know what's crazy too? I feel like they could have still Kept went into the luxury tax, paid a Ariza, and still signed Melo because Melo signed for the vet minimum. The, see, and it signed for the vet minimum. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Those are two minimum players that you can also add, even if you went over the luxury tax for the Ariza. So, why, honestly, did they let Ariza go?
1: Where they where they messed up at? They they paid a little too much to um, Clint Capella, I think. Too much attention to his contract. I, I, me personally, I would have signed, made him sign a qualifier. Mm. And if, if I made knew him prove if I knew I was gonna lose a Ariza this year, I'd have made him sign a qualifier, mm. and I'd have gambled on what Boogie Cousins was looking like this summer.
2: Mm. I mean, that's how I, I would have played. I know you're not a big fan of Capella right now, right? Well, no, no, no. Not, I, know,
1: I like what he brings. Mm. I love what he brings. The only issue is he got paid almost max, and you can't give me anything else but what.
2: Harden or CP could give you on a drop down. Oh, yes. You see, no offensive skill set yeah. from Clint Capella. No, no offensive, uh, what the hell is the word? Efficiency. Yeah. And I mean, like, he even morph into a better offensive player during the summer. You see, he got his hair dyed. He's acting crazy right now. I seen that. I was, <laughs> I was disgusted off the tip. I said, What is this? be <laughs> on the mob. Yeah. I don't know what was going on with my man, Clint Capella. He got his check he got his 94 mil i think it was 90 or 94 mil and he died he said he got the shoulder cut man come on fam i i I watched
1: him get killed by stephen adams
2: I in said, that game in Oklahoma City, right?
1: I said, "This, this is the, this is the
2: next player." <laughs> I think you wrote me about yes, this. Come on, dog. <laughs> no, Clint had had a really bad start to the season. He's been playing better lately, but still no offensive production from him on his own. Like no low post moves. I don't see. I know he's working with the Dream, but he's not picking up those moves right now. Occasionally, he'll have a little hook shot though. But it's the Dream with no shake. <laughs> <laughs> no, no shake. But um. Um, so I wanted to talk about if uh, if Melo if we feel like Melo was given a fair chance in Houston. So I'll start here first. I I don't think Melo was really given a fair shake in Houston for me because it was ten games in. I feel like he was given an extremely short leash, shorter than any other player should have. And four out of the ten games he played, and he scored over twenty. He was a major contributor when the Rockets played Brooklyn. I was there at that game. Okay. Mello was there. Um, that was the last game. That's crazy, man. That's the only game I'm ever going to see Mello in a Rockets uniform. That's wild. But he went off. He went off. He showed out. I was there at the Barclays that night. And um, for a five-game span, um, Mello gave you 19 while shooting 49% from the floor in a five-game span, and he only played 10 games. So, and the reason I'm bringing up his scoring is because That's what you pay this man for. Do you not sign Carmelo Anthony to score the basketball? As as we alluded to before, you don't pay him for lockdown defense. And what was he doing for you? He was scoring. He may not have been the most efficient player in the league. And that was never Melo's thing. But... He was adjusting to a different role, so sometimes you got to give rhythm players, as we talked about, a little bit more time. And also, I know a lot has talked about his defense and his defensive rating when Melo's off the floor when he's on the floor is really bad. But honestly, when Melo was playing a lot of minutes, he was playing with two rooks. He was playing with Hardenstein, and, and, and he Clark. was playing with Clark a lot. And there's some CP sprinkled in there, sometimes Tucker, sometimes and it's sometimes MCW in the beginning of the year. Green. So, green, also bad defenders. So, of course, Melo's not going to add to that. It's only going to make it worse. So, I feel like that defensive rating is also skewed with Carmelo Anthony there and... I didn't really like that, man. So I don't feel like he was given a fair enough chance in Houston. I feel like Dan Tony had a lot to do with this, man. He pulled the plug very early because he wasn't feeling it, and he never wanted it. So you think Melo got a fair shot for a chance, I should say?
1: Um, I think he he might have decided location wrong on mm. where he would have been able to get featured where Melo likes his touches. Mm. And I see now they had... Um, yeah, one of the broadcasters. Hold on, For, before we even get too far, mm-hmm. I just feel like people sensationalize they post about Melo and talk so <laughs> dirty about this man. It's crazy. It's, a lot of it's, dirt. it's, it's blasphemy. So disrespect. <laughs> so it's a lot of disrespect. But when it comes to giving a fair shake, mm-hmm. he knew D'Antoni didn't like him. Mm. He knew he was a mid-range shooter that liked a lot of touches. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't liked in New York. You know what I'm saying? Like people are old. C- Melo's a ball stopper. CP3 and Harden is allowed to play with The Rock.
2: Mm, not to isolate.
1: Melo's not allowed to do that because, one, D'Antoni has his
2: feelings about him. Mm. And then it's inefficient. So you think his feelings played a role in? Yeah, of, of course. Oh, okay. Because some he people was... are trying to deny that online. I don't yeah. know if you've seen that on Twitter. This cast is denying that. I'm like, hold on now. Not at all. There's definitely some feelings in there.
1: You can't say Melo is is the, the the bottom of your offense and he he's a f- inefficient and all, but three or four shooters are shooting terrible that's
2: what I'm saying at
1: that point in time I know I know CP3 is your man yes he is he was shooting 32% or something oh he, like was he was playing, he like was
2: playing bad. bad he was playing like shit playing to- yeah
1: Harden's turnover the ball no excuse way too much Eric Gordon couldn't throw the ball in the side of a barn terrible. The whole team was playing bad. But, but what I'm saying is, to get in emotion like that, mm-hmm. to, to be the most efficient offense last year, mm-hmm. it's because yes. buckets were dropping.
2: Yes, at And if all you got
1: time. four
2: of the top shooters shooting terrible, mm-hmm. nothing opens up. Nothing opens up at all. And Melo is a rhythm player, so he's not getting exactly. those easy shots. And um, so, I was say in all this, I want to talk really quick about if we think that Melo could have done anything better in all of this. Um, do you think that Melo could have done anything better on his end to make this work? <clears throat> uh,
1: yeah, I'm so biased. I don't even want to
2: say. <laughs> I mean, I, I but, can say. It, go ahead. I, I want to hear what you got to say. Okay. I mean, oh, only in the fact that I feel like Melo could have. Mello could be easy a little bit for the betterment of the team. Like when he went up there and he um he went to the office and they spoke to him like after the game he was feeling bad after the OKC game and then they said after the Spurs game he talked to Darren Morey as well and they told him that listen we're gonna decrease your minutes, minutes a little bit we wanna play the rook Gary Clark I feel like He should have had a better attitude with that at first. Because I feel like he initially was like, nah, nah, that's not happening. That's not going down. What is this? Because he was blindsided about it. But I feel like a little bit, he should have been a pro about it and say that, all right, you know what? Let me mentor the rook for right now. You know, just till the team gets back on his feet. You know, because the Rook is going to listen to me no matter what. You know, Gary Clark, his his favorite player growing up was Carmelo Anthony, which crazy it is. I read down the article. This is crazy. So, I feel like he would allow Melo to mentor him. Mm-hmm. And I think that Melo should have just been easy a little bit. And you know you would have been playing in crunch time right now. And then you wouldn't be off of the team right now looking for a landing spot. So, yeah, I feel yeah. like he should have been easy a little bit instead of overreacting and just do it. For the betterment of the team, and just take the L, basically, is what I'm saying.
1: Okay, all right, I see the angle with that. Is that fair? That's fair. I'll piggyback on that a little bit. Okay. I think in the beginning of the year, Melo should have came out and said, as soon as Derrick Rose said, I'm trying to be six men. Mm -hmm. He should have came like, you know what? It ain't gonna be that easy because I've been the top scorer in the league, Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna man the second unit. Mm. And took that attitude. Whether whether you, you play, mean like said it
2: in a press conference, said it like mm-hmm. own it,
1: okay. own own that I'm gonna be the sixth man of this team. Okay, and whether you have a couple people play more minutes, than you it's it's not who starts, it's who finishes the exactly. game. Exactly, it's who gets the last shot, and it's who's because at the end of the season, it's all about the, the game slows down, mm-hmm. and it's perfect for Mellow. Exactly, so we need you. In sets where we The is the not dropping Ariza's not here no more They're not gonna miss 12 in a row Melo get us a bucket Cause what they're not Talking about In, 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 um, in the tabloids And all this mm-hmm. That the most efficient Person it, with Touches down low Is Carmelo Anthony
2: Yes He's leading the league In points per possession In what? In post-ups
1: Or something in, like that In post-ups 15, 15 feet below Yeah They're not leading talking about the that though. They're not saying Anything about that And no. this man is playing In the 16th season You got to put the man in position
2: to succeed. You have to. It's that simple. It's just, it's really that simple. And I want to talk a little bit about um, the way this all went down with Melo. Because I feel like, to me, I'm looking at the organization a little sideways after. Uh, I didn't really like, I know they were professional. I'm not saying they were unprofessional and lawless. But the reason why I say that is because I heard this clip from from Stephen A about how... um, They handled this whole debacle and how Melo found out that he was being waived, And I wasn't really feeling that, man.
1: To consideration as well. But I would tell you the one thing that left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth in Mm -hmm. Houston, Max. Chris Paul and James Harden had no idea that Melo was on the verge of being released. Mm -hmm. They had no clue. Nobody spoke to them. Nobody talked to them. Melo walked in there to talk about what could he do Mm -hmm. to make the situation better and from what I'm being told, was completely blindsided when he was informed that we're going to move in a different direction. There's a lot here.
2: So with that being said, Mello was basically blindsided by the organization because it looked like he was trying to go up there, talk to Darren Moore and them, and say, how can I make this work? And that's why I said that after, because I wanted Mello to go do that. And he. it looks like that's what he was attempting to do. So that's why I feel like I feel like they they were trying to throw comments into the media, like trying to make it look like it's not really their fault. Saying we don't want to have a Hall of Famer having DMPs and all of that nonsense, and you know, Dan Tony is notorious for those tight rotations and wearing down those players. So. Why why would you have him sitting on the bench when you need players to play more minutes? You need to run a 10-man rotation in the 82-game season. Now you're running seven players right now, eight players right now for the Rockets, when you have a man that you just want to cut. You get what I'm saying? So I don't like how the organization handled that and handled his minutes. And I don't like the way that they blindsided or didn't talk to James Harden or CP3 maybe it was for a reason because they felt like it was a business but I just didn't like the way they handled that in my opinion
1: they were so disrespectful with this yeah like this man is a first ballot hall of famer (laughs) like you don't handle a man like that If, if you're gonna cut him don't let it linger don't let it linger. Don't let them talk about it in the media. And it's Carmelo the an issue. What's going on? If it's not working yet, they're big on analytics. Yeah. If analytics isn't saying it, that it's working with Carmelo, it's over. It's over. Just don't don't bring it over. Oh, we're, we're talking about this, or we're not going to cut we're him. Evaluating we're
2: evaluating everything. We're, we're
1: talking, he's talking to his team for a better landing spot. And, it's not working. It's great. It's correct. not working. Let's move on.
2: Move on. But I, I, and it looks like Melo was trying to make it work. I don't feel like Melo really wanted to leave like that. I feel like they forced him to leave.
1: No, I, I, of course he didn't want yeah. to leave. Like, that's, a, that's, a, that's another stain on his record. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's, that, it doesn't look good for Carmelo Anthony
2: to end his career by getting cut. Getting cut. <laughs> so disrespectful. The disrespect. Oh, real quick, man. You know one key observation I noticed about Melo, right? That I wrote down. Um, you notice how when he, how I knew that he really had a problem coming off the bench. And especially when I went to that Brooklyn game, I I noticed this. I could finish it. He wasn't on the bench. He never sits on the bench. And do you know where he was during the bench, though? Um, During those times where he shouldn't be sitting on the bench? On the bicycle? On the bicycle, in the tunnel, keeping warm because he's so used to starting. He got to feel like he's playing. And to me, basically, when I heard that, I'm like, okay, so it really is a psychological thing, number one, what Melo was starting, which he does have to get over. But I guess it's going to take him some time. Go on the bike, whatever, keep you warm. It's not the same, but I feel like Dan Tony. The problem with that was that since he was on in the tunnel riding on the bike, Dan Tony couldn't call him from the bench and yo, Mella, you in when you're ready. So he basically had to have his minutes on a schedule with Dan Tony like, listen, I need you to come off the bike at the nine minute mark, come to the scores table, and check in. You know what I'm saying? So he already yeah, knew yeah. mentally, like, all right, 10-minute mark, let me get up off this bike and come in. Rather than D'Antoni saying, whenever I feel like it's ready to put in my six, man, how the game is flowing, I'll put you in. Sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric Gordon, he comes in at seven minutes. Sometimes he comes in at five, depending on how the game is going. Mm-hmm. So because he had Melo on a schedule, D'Antoni is stubborn. Think about it. So he's like, hold up. This dude I really don't even like. Is telling me I got to have him on a minute schedule, Reem? Nah. Well, all right. Think about that. I play college ball. Mm-hmm.
1: So I know how it is to, I mean, be the sixth man mm-hmm. in the start. It's an energy factor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Your, t- your team builds off your energy. They need you there. Mm-hmm. So it could look to some teammates like, fuck this guy. He knew. He don't want to be a part of this team Let's get rid of him like, yeah. You know what I mean And, it's just, and, and some people be Like you know He's so used to starting He wants to keep his body Engaged That's, well, that's cool a too that's coach That understands Yeah coach But coach that's but, 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 but it's a player And a coach That don't have a relation mm. In a new situation Where the coach Has the upper hand mm. So now I have all the leverage Carmelo You had the leverage Where I left New York mm-hmm. I quit They didn't fight I quit To get away from you <laughs> Now you coming into my situation, yep. where we had the best record last year. Yep. You do as I say,
2: or you hit the waiver wire. That's why I feel like he was bad on the schedule. Yeah. How dare you have me on the schedule? Terrible. Me, Tony. and um. So really quick, best landing spots for Melo, man, because people talking retire. They, had a, I don't agree with retirement right now. Best landing spots for you. I don't, To me, is I'll start with you, ring. Best landing spots for you. There's like there's three locations. Okay.
1: First one I would say is the Seventy Sixes. They got rid of location. Yeah, they got rid of storage. They got rid of um, Covington so there's not a lot of shooting over there nah
2: it's only Wilson Chandler they got Doug. Wilson
1: Chandler dude, he, he just Mus- came off the he just came off the entrance so he's okay. not really in the rotation he, yep. he should be out of shape Muscala Muscala but he's not <laughs> listen on, to his man. name B <laughs> that's nuts
2: come on mascala come on and I agree with you there but the issue is that Melo might have to play some three over there I feel like um yes Coming and the pitch, no but would he be okay With not having those touches Because he's not really Going to get that many touches He's going to have to be A catch and shoot player Over there too No 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 He, he could man the second unit
1: Because Once Embiid take a rest Ben Simmons can't He's not taking anything Outside of the, the 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 paint True You already know that True JJ needs somebody To create for him And then they got Mr. Yips Yeah <laughs> They really don't have anybody. I like him on
2: Philly. I I don't have a problem with him on Philly at all. And in time they really need somebody to really like. But they said that Elton Brand might not be interested in him. Man, that's my issue. Elton
1: Brand. They gave Elton Brand a a chance to be the the
2: veteran presence, so he better relax. (laughs) (laughs) He better take it easy. He better take it easy. What about um? What do you think about Miami? How you feeling about Miami? Nah, Miami run too fast for Nah, them. see, I'm indifferent on I me. Mean, I, I feel like he can be all right in Miami. I'm not going to lie. If he was on Miami, I feel like they could definitely make the playoffs. They should be, but they're not in the playoffs right now. But I think with him, they will be a tough 7th seed, 6th nah. seed. But I don't really want Melo to go out like that. Because to me, he'll be like a mercenary. Just there scoring. For no reason. No, no, it's not for no reason.
1: Because you got to remember, he is still top 10 in scoring. So he's trying to creep up True. that list. True. So it, it, there's reason to score buckets for Melo still. Mm. If he can't get the chip. That's well, what people I forget. I don't feel
2: like he's any... Where is he, me? nine right now? Ninth on the list? Something saying. like that. He, he's up there on the list. He is up there. I know he's top 20. I don't know if he... Is he top 10? He's top 10. Oh, okay.
1: But but him going to Miami might revive him because uh, they They're very strict. On that body fat. Yes, Pat Riley, boy. So he got to get he got to get that body body fat tested every Sunday, and Monday morning. <laughs> so if he's over, he's gonna get fined. And by by, by the All Star break, he gonna be the, he gonna be uh D- Denver. He gonna be Denver mellow. Yo, okay, yeah. oh,
2: yeah. listen, I just need him to sign somewhere. They getting disrespectful, disrespectful with um this Puerto Rico nonsense. Took him out. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Woj well, is out here getting disrespectful, yeah. saying that the Puerto Rican come on, national come on, team... Come on, Got a contract for my nah, man, Melo. Nah. Come on. Don't do him dirty like that, man. Melo, please get to a team soon. I need you to make calls. Oh, what if he just call up and tell D'Antonio, I'm sorry? Nah, nah, nah. That's over. <laughs> I like That's him over? San Antonio, too. They don't want him, man. They already got Rudy Gay. That's where he should be right now. He should have took the L like Rudy Gay. Well, Rudy Gay, he had to come off the bench for a while. Then he worked his way back up to the starting lineup with Pop now. He looks good there. And believe it or not, there's a hole at the fourth spot in Denver where it all started. Mm. <laughs> Would they take a stab? Well, he got to be coming off the bench there, too. No. sap Millsap.
1: Milstap is playing a three right now. They're starting some dude named Trevor Craig or something
2: like that at the foot. Oh, Denver's bugging right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, Denver's overrated to me. I'll tell you that right now. How, how you feel about him on Boston? No, I don't like that at all. I don't like that. There's too many cooks in that kitchen already. I only like Philly on Miami, fam. I don't like him on New Orleans. People are saying that. I could see him in Portland. Oh, I forgot about it. They've been, they've been trying to get him to Portland for exactly. Yeah, I could see him on Portland. He might have to take the L.
1: Oh, it might Pullman. not be at L,
2: though, because he could get his shots up. L is in championship aspirations. Polna's not winning the title. Uh, yeah, you're right. That's what I'm saying. You're right. Houston was his only realistic shot to a title. Philly is a tier below. You know, they need a lot to get over them. But I still don't know about Philly because I don't trust betting in the playoffs yet. You know what I'm saying? So, Philly's not there yet where Houston is at to me.
1: See, but the 76 is a work better for him because it's a slower
2: pace. The Eastern Conference is a little slower, yeah. I like them, they in the still East. throw the ball in the post. I like him in Philly. I mean, I don't have a problem with Philly to be honest, bro. I really don't. I don't have a problem with Philly, but it's up to Philly God to reach damn it, out. Mellow. Damn it, Mello man. Just do you just make it, you should have made it work in Houston. Just be like, ah, right, I'll be a mentor, but um, on Houston, really quick. My Rockets. We playing better right now. Okay. We smacked the Warriors. Gave him a 30-piece, 20-piece, whatever it was. CP3 was quietly dominating the game with modest pedestrian numbers, but dominating. James Harden was playing well. James Ennis shut me up and was hitting some threes because I think Ennis is a bum. A bum? But, um, um. A bum. <laughs> Ennis is a bum. I'm not going to lie. He's a, a bigger Corey Brewer to me. But um, I like this energy. He played well on defense. He had a lot of energy, a lot of back cuts. I was feeling him right there. So, that was pretty good. Tuck was all over the place. So, I like how Houston is going right now. But to me, they still got to upgrade on the wing. They got to get me a defensive wing. And they got to get me a backup big. And a defensive wing, I feel like they could get. Because he's a Damari Carroll um, from the Nets. Uh... Uh, Wes Matthews who I've been calling for them to get I think it's perfect for them Wes Matthews it's hurt right now I know I know but he right, but he on the shelf he be coming off the bench so I, I can rock with it um, who else what was the other one uh, Kent Bazemore that they've been trying to get for a while I would even rock with a James Johnson that they were trying to get before in the summertime.
1: I like him, too. I yeah. always liked him for some reason. Yeah. Good I'll,
2: energy, good motor. Good motor. So, I like him for Houston. It will be a nice little toughness that they need. There's some grown men on Houston, so he will fit in well with them.
1: I got one. I got one suggestion. hmm Kenneth for Reed.
2: Yes. Oh, yo, I he's was just there. sitting. I'll, I'm there with you. I don't know how much money he's making, but maybe I know this that might be the reason he's but... Come on, man. Kenneth Reed, Houston. He'll be perfect on Houston right now. Yeah. He'll be perfect. I feel like they need to upgrade the wing and they need to upgrade that backup um center spot. Cause I'm not trusting that Rook steam. Not for quality, <laughs> His man. hands is terrible. Terrible. He got good energy, but that's it. Yeah. That's it. So um, moving on. Um, KD, Draymond. <laughs> confrontation, confrontation. There's a little uh Dissension going on out there in Golden State with the Warriors. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie and say I'm not happy about it because I am. You know, I mean, I don't mind it at all. It's comical to see these guys going through their uh, rich man problems as they have right now. Um, but um, so what happened with KD and Draymond, if you don't know? Uh, they were basically playing the Clippers' uh, overtime game. It was about to go to overtime. It was for the game winning shot. Draymond basically stole a rebound from KD. Katie was clapping for it, he didn't give it to him, Draymond uh, ran it down the court, turned the ball over, Katie got pissed, they got on the bench, uh, they were arguing a little bit, uh, Dre called him a B word. Uh, what else happened? Uh, KD was drawing back at him. He was mad at him, saying, "Why you ain't giving me the rock at that time?" And he got basically got into a verbal dispute. Then he went back into the locker room. Draymond was cursing at him some more in the locker room. Then he said, "We don't need you. We won without you." And basically daring him to leave and saying he has like one foot in, one foot out of the organization because he's gonna be a free agent this summer. And uh, Draymond was suspended by the team for his comments to KD even uh katie's brother got on ig talking spicy a little bit too saying um what do you say uh draymond was showing his true colors and implying that uh draymond would be a scrub if he wasn't surrounded by katie and the warriors and um so after this little uh manly uh scuff not even a scuffle you can't even call it a scuffle <clears throat>
1: listen man this is
2: routine nap this is a
1: typical case of loving hip loving basketball. So, <laughs> you got two divas and then Steph Curry, a light skinned diva, trying to yeah. trying to make peace with everything. I can't stand these dudes. Yo,
2: thank you, baby. I
1: can't stand these dudes. <laughs> the two light skinned brothers, they I, uh, they just look like I, I can't trust their face. Avenger like, the
2: nerds to uh, me, if you ask me. They, I,
1: and they shoot so well, it makes me mad.
2: They do they do that but um so Draymond basically questioned uh KD's commitment to the Warriors it looks like and um so do you think he had a point and he was out of pocket with this one
1: he had a point because he know KD's out but you asked for him to come here and now you want to cry like shut up
2: and you're not that good to be so so outspoken thank you that's my thing with Draymond Draymond overrates himself You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, I always say that Draymond would be an average role player on any other team. You could not rely on him if there wasn't shooters around him.
1: Draymond would be equivalent to Stanley Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) No disrespect, but all disrespect.
2: I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. But um, my thing with this, I honestly don't feel like that little... argument or whatever was that serious but it was a little telling because draymond he was a little emotional with that i feel like i feel like he got a little extra emotional and i feel like he was letting his feelings loose like he was bottling his sin get what i'm saying about katie for a while and uh he got mad that he was talking to him like he was a scrub how he said and um Talking about we won without you. I feel like he was just trying to hurt KD feelings, I guess, a little bit with that. Saying we won without you. Because, you know, you feel like that's probably your nerve. Maybe he told him something like that before. And so he he was trying to shame him in front of the team. Draymond cried when he lost.
1: He called KD. That's the end of the story. You called me to come save you. He did. And now, like, to call a man a B word in basketball, Mm. it's like... Equivalent to a Rondo spit, like oh you know, yes, it's just so crazy to me. It requires a mush probably after, and you could tell when people have static with one another because uh-huh. that that hard clap, yeah. give me the ball. It's more meaningful. behind that was an
2: angry clap.
1: It was a, what are you doing? Pass the ball. Just, yeah. you don't do this.
2: Ye- oh yes, it was a you don't
1: you do don't do this. this. Pass the ball. You know what I'm saying? And then you ran up the court. And you fell on the floor and mm. ran
2: out of time, and we lost. Lost, as you always do, because he did that before in the Western Conference Finals, Game 5 or whatever it was, in Houston. And I was very happy at that. And if you didn't know, Rick, this was like um, Drayvon's and Katie's like, third or fourth like, encounter. Altercation. Altercation, whatever you want to call it, um, in this time that he's in. Also, you remember Bob Myers in the championship parade? He was saying um, Steph earned his contract because he's been here before in the before days and KD um, when Steve Kerr was screaming like mid-level something like that with his corny ass Um, Bob Myers was like nah KD you can't have any contract you want only Steph can have that basically like a shot to him and the whole crowd was like oh but then he like played it off and and something like that after but it just showed to me that Golden State don't love you the way they love Steph you know what I'm saying? It, to me, it's a different type of love that Golden State, the fan base has for Steph than they have for KD. So, I feel like, KD, you got to leave. But you got to check the record without Steph. It's, it's, it's almost
1: 500 without him. Or it might be a couple of losses. What are they, Three, four losses now? Yeah, five, I think row. four in
2: a row or something like that. The, Kevin, you missed like 11 straight threes or something like that. They, they, they made four
1: versus Houston the other day. Mm. And none came out of starters. Nope. So, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Steph is the heart of that team. Yeah, he is. 100%. So, he allows everybody else to play one-on-one. hmm You know what I'm saying? KD is allowed to play one-on-one because they're not going to drop off your guard like they did Westbrook.
2: Mm-hmm. They're
1: going to they're gonna lock in on, on Curry. He's seven feet tall. He's allowed to play one-on-one. He is. Enjoy this. Draymond, you better enjoy this because you go anywhere in the league. But other than know. other than Golden State, you might end up with mellow.
2: <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's nuts. It is, and and um, I agree there And see, to me, that's why KD. I feel like he gotta leave, man. He gotta go. I mean, he he has to go. He he will never get the credit that he deserves. I guess we could say, or, or it, don't, it don't even matter. Credit that he, he should get. He should, but he deserves the bag too.
1: He gets the bag from anywhere. It, this is his last bag, so if they're not
2: going to give him the max, he's going regardless. I think he, I think honestly, he is going regardless, no matter what. I feel like he already planned like this is going to be his last season. He wanted to to come here to rack up the titles just to get his numbers up, and then um, try to go to a new team and win some there, something there for another franchise that's never won, like maybe New York or Washington or something like that. If they start getting rid of Wall and Beal, as he, they're saying now. They might be a little bit more attractive to KB because they all that dysfunction might be gone. Could be, you never know. That's a that's a restart though. That's that is a restart. But if they keep one of them, say for instance, they keep Beal, trade up Wall. Okay, I could see that happening. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Beal and KD can mesh a lot better than Wall and KD can. With a pass-first point guard. I could see it. Working. Exactly, and then they get another point guard from somewhere, which yeah. they can't acquire. If they see them building that up there, they can get another point guard over there. It's just not Reggie Jackson. Please. Not Reggie Jackson, no. Of course. A distributing point yes, guard. Yes, please. Um, Rozier. Oh. Oh, I like that, Rozier. Um, Rozier, Beal, and KD. Yes, that's solid Dwight has Resign again For another minimum <laughs> First of all They gotta get rid of Otto Porter To be honest Yeah we you got gotta it. let Kelly Oubre run over there Yeah Kelly Oubre too But that would be nice But I feel like KD He's gotta bounce To me he's gotta bounce And um, how how much do you think KD's free agency right now Is impacting the Warriors This season Do you think it's like In their minds Every game Throughout the season Or how much do you feel like Is impact, impacting the season Or how much is it Imploding on the season
1: um, I don't think they're really paying attention to it too much. Mm. I think the fact that they have a really poor bench, uh. they don't have a really uh, a bang off the bench this year. Yeah, you got rid of Nick Young. Mm-hmm. You got you got um i don't need jordan bell and all oh, the bell all these he other the characters cook. like <laughs> there's nobody there's nobody
2: solid quinn cook over there uh damian jones yeah n-
1: nobody uh, to make it go
2: woo. like i mean i'm not worried about him still there i'm not worried about him too much honestly he's a
1: mid-range killer dollar, he's a plug-in play plug-in plug-out player but other than that there's nobody that's really no spice off that bench at that. all <laughs> At all. It's
2: like a real stale over there. That's so their
1: issue. They, they, they're banking on what the Billy startups. Cousin
2: will look like yes. coming off the injury. Yeah, because they're going to be fluctuating them starters like that. No, I know what's keeping them yeah. in.
1: And then plugging him in and getting him in shape is another...
2: They got a lot of obstacles ahead of them. They do. And to me, I don't feel like Katie's free agency is really impacting them that much. I don't feel like they really think about that, to be honest. Honestly, I feel like Steph, Clay, Steph and Clay. Ego Dollar, I'll leave in those three. I feel like they don't really care if KD leaves this summer a lot, this summer or not, because I feel like those three think they can still win anyway. Draymond, to me, I feel like does have an emotional attachment to this KD thing because he was the person who recruited him here and he was the person who talked probably Steph and and Clay into bringing him in. Like, listen, this will be good for us. He's going to adapt to us. You get what I'm saying? And now that KD's low-key starting to branch out and play a lot more one-on-ones, he got two finals MVPs now. Katie is like, listen, give me the ball now. Listen, I already proved myself. So now it's a different dynamic. He's not really trying to fit in as much anymore. So I feel like Draymond is like, now my whole plan is going sour now because of this. So he feels a little emotional about it. And I think Steph and Klay and uh, Andre, I feel like they're like, yo, bro, if you want to go be out, Honestly,
1: it, that's listen. Draymond just empowered KD to get to that level that he's at his super Saiyan level right now. Mm-hmm. And wherever he goes next, he's gonna get whatever he wants. Yep, as much shots as he wants. And you really can't steal his legacy because he already got the chips on the back end. Yep, that's true. Exactly. That's versus Melo, he had everything front loaded on the beginning of his career, and at the end was missing
2: a chip. Yep, hundred percent true. I I agree. I agree. And um, so shifting on, I'm glad we brought up Jimmy Butler earlier because I want to talk about his fit with the 76ers right now, man. Because um, they've been balling a little bit. Um, it was time to speed up the process with uh Philly. They got uh Jimmy Butler for uh Robert Covington, Dario Saric, and Jared Baylor, somebody like that, some scrub. <laughs> um, but um, Philly clearly won. In my eyes. And Millie Minnesota didn't even get a damn first round pick. You're star. The best player on your team. You didn't even get a first round pick for the future. You got two fringe starters. Covington is eye. Right. He's a he's a solid piece. A solid role player. Saurage, mediocre to me. I'm, I'm not feeling Saurage to me, honestly. Sorage is not my guy. He's mediocre to me. He's solid. And um Jimmy's averaging, what, 19 for Philly right now. I'm not really... I mean, I'm feeling Jimmy's fit on him. So I want to talk about how much how much better did Jimmy make the 76ers? Let's start with you, Ray.
1: Well, as we've seen what, yesterday, the day before, he showed up to be a closer. He's mm. a game winner. He is a closer. What he brings is a little bit more toughness. Mm-hmm. And and Bede is bringing the finesse. Mm-hmm. That's a big... And then um, this other dude is just Triple double, triple double But he's not giving you What the league is about right now mm-hmm. So Jimmy's bringing The other tangibles Into the situation mm-hmm. He'll lock down Your your, your best player mm-hmm. He'll want the big shots At the big moments At the end of the game mm-hmm. But He's earned that mm-hmm. Star player I would say No A, uh, a very hard working player mm-hmm. Is what he is And mm-hmm. That's a tough town Where they appreciate a game like that. Oh, they would appreciate a hard work. They love there. a yeah. hard nosed working guy. Yes. So it, the Jimmy the Philly works. Mm. I like it. Mm-hmm. If he'll stay there, we don't know. Mm. But for the moment, it was about time you brought in an older piece mm. into this young situation. Because mm-hmm. you were hearing, "We're next. We're next. We're next. We're next." Trust the process, mm-hmm. and then the tr- the process. It got. It got.
2: Oversighted by Boston's process. You know what I'm saying? Quickly.
1: So it was time.
2: It was. And I'm glad that they got Jimmy. Because he's that third star that they need right now. And he's that perimeter scorer that they need right now. And he's that dog, that leader that they need. Because Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, as much as I love their game, those boys are not leaders yet. They're not leaders of men. Because, I mean, they're young men right now, actually. They're very young. So they're not really leaders of men because they are still becoming men and jimmy isn't the greatest leader but he's seen a lot though he's seen a lot he's got experience he's been through and i think you'll be, as long as they work hard i think you'll be a good leader for them and is he the best the ideal fit for mb and simmons probably not the ideal fit but I think he's damn good enough for the right fit for them for what they need right now. It's just that depth is really their problem because they really don't have a lot coming off that bench. But he's the best that they're gonna get right now as a third star. And I feel like every like they have the right pieces because every championship team to me has to have a mismatch and a closer. So the mismatch player on Philly is Joella B. He's a um, he creates a lot of mismatches and. Jimmy Butler, he's their scorer. I mean, he's their closer, excuse me. So, I feel like they do have the right components. I mean, I like what Philly got going on, man. I feel like they got the right makings of a championship team, but is Jimmy going to re-sign? I'm going to go 50-50 on this, honestly. It's a little shaky to me because I, think, I don't think he's attached to Philly, and I think that's the issue for me. I don't think he's attached to Philly. So, depending on how far they go in the playoffs... I think that's going to dictate a lot on if He signs there and. Just
1: get him some Philly cheesesteaks and let him hang out with
2: AI. <laughs> He'll be back. <laughs> I mean, so what's, what's your percentage on him resigning, do you think?
1: Um, if they got a bag for him. That's what he's really looking for. That's, they do have that. They and can resign him. They got his rights. Then he might be there. Mm. He might be right there. Okay. He's a hardworking guy for a hardworking city and appreciate it. And I think he's always wanted a city behind him. Oh, yes. So this is the perfect opportunity for him. They got Get the him. money
2: and they got the city. But the only thing is that he's a third star there.
1: For now. Mm. For now. Mm. He's, he's right older, now he's, is what he will be
2: signing into right now. His bag. His bag speaks more than... <laughs> Who's, who's the talk about star? I hear you. I feel like it's a perfect situation that he's in right now because right now he has all the cards. He don't have to re-sign right now. He can wait to the summer. And um, he has a chance to sh- boost his value, basically, on Philly, in the playoffs, playing in the playoffs and dominating the East. I mean, you can, you can play a lot better in the East than you did in the West. It's a lot uh, easier competition in the playoffs, kind of. I mean, this year it is a lot more competitive, but... <clears throat> He can boost his value, value, and when it's time to make a free agency decision this summer, he can say, listen, look what I did to Philly. I brought them to the next step. So what I do is I bring teams to the next step. And then I feel like he might look at Miami, to be honest, man. I feel like Miami is a nice destination for him, but I like Philly. I
1: like—Philly looks a little better than Miami because of the whole uh, Hassan Whiteside versus Embiid situation Mm. alone. Mm. It's a little bit more attractive with that alone, and then you don't know how long tragic could be there. You know I'm saying the only thing they they got to move to, on from him, man. Tragic is decent, but he's just he's an elder statesman now. Yes, yeah. in, the, in the NBA, There's a bunch of young guys over there. True, but I think he, Jimmy would be he'll more mesh with the guys mm. in Philly.
2: Mm. Okay, I feel you. I, I like it there, but um, moving on from Philly, Minnesota. Can they make a run to the playoffs with this roster, the pieces they got, Covington and Dario Saurage. What do you think, Ray? You feeling that deal for them or? I'm going to use one of your lines it's on the lowest of keys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
1: I actually like what they got going on. Oh, okay. They got right. a confident Derek Rose right now.
2: Mm-hmm. Very confident. So they,
1: they run, in the end of the game, they run a, a two-point guard lineup mm. with Teague's. Which I don't really like too much. But he gets the ball to Rose. Yo, a lot of people are not liking Teague, man. Yeah, mm. he's, he's some of mm. But then you get a chance for these other young guys to, mm. to step up. Mm-hmm. They've been calling for Cat. I think Cat's whole game was through, thrown off by Jimmy's presence. Yeah, I agree. You pay me the bag, let me be that guy. Mm-hmm. So now he's out the way and heads are clear. Yeah. Now you got uh, somebody you can throw it out to in Covington or Sarvage. Mm-hmm. That's a stretch for, cause they said uh, this other kid don't got no heart. We all know that already. Wiggins. <laughs> I mean, you could find him on the bench somewhere. I know. In the in the crunch, and then you could bring in a guy like Covington, who isn't scared to shoot the, the long ball. That's true. So it's spacing, and you know, Tibbs is gonna run them. Covington played forty minutes his first day there. <laughs> like, he did.
2: You know what I'm saying? So I... it, it works. So, I'm going to ask you, Reem. So, you know what my issue is? My What my issue with the t wolves is, you tell me, who's the t Wolves second best player? Right now? After Cat, we know Cat is number one. After two, who's the second best T-Ros. player? T-Rose. No D rose How good is that, though? Ret- Retro D rose <laughs> 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 throw, vintage, throw back D-Rose Step back in the time machine D But Rose. if D-Rose If you're telling me D-Rose is your second best player Think about that How good is your team really? Barring injuries You say D-Rose is
1: your second best player He's still Right
2: now With Covington With Wiggins You telling me D-Rose is the second best player?
1: Why not though?
2: I mean D, I'm not D saying Rose you're wrong. Still, I'm just D saying D Rose is still one of the most athletic guys, one of the best finishers in the mm-hmm. and the fastest guys. But I'm saying if D Rose is your second best uh-huh. player, like you're telling me, how far really can your team go?
1: I don't think they projected to really go that far. Making the playoffs was a big thing for them last year. They haven't that's made it, it since that's your coach, he's expecting playoffs. But he brought all these old guys in the, to 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 form that. hmm You know what I'm saying? Tips came, he he put an older perspective on the team. Yeah and they made the playoffs mm-hmm. so now he brought his guy and he's just implementing the same brain waves into d rose
2: mm-hmm. hopefully you get the max from him i think he's gonna i'm 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 a little nervous about tips i don't want miss d rose to stop playing to too good and out? he runs him down again yeah I, i'm a little worried about that man. i'm worried about cat
1: that's what i'm really worried about because mm. you paid him already
2: so i mm. want to see what what is he gonna get What is he gonna now. bring me now. yes I don't want to see him die his head neither, I'll tell you that.
1: If the distraction of uh, Butler was there, he's
2: gone now. Uh huh. See a time to shine. I agree, I agree. I mean, I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs, to be honest with you. I don't think, t- I don't have many in my playoff race at all. I think they're out. So, to me, this is a lost season for them, in my mind. They said to develop D roles, like, <laughs> not even develop, but. To me, it's a lost season right now, mm-hmm. to be honest. Once Jimmy was gone, to me, that took playoffs off the, off the, off the table because I don't think they're making the playoffs in that deep west with that roster. So to me, it's, if you're not making the playoffs, it's a lost season. Okay, I can respect it. That's all I'm saying. We'll see, man. We'll <laughs> see. We'll see, Reem. Um, So moving on, family, the crossover segment. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We talking about. Practice crossover segment, my G. Reem. Uh, for those for my new listeners, I'll be throwing out player comparisons from different eras. My man Max is GM, and he tells me who he would take out of the two in their primes if he was building a team. I got some good ones for you here, you bro. For you, bro. Um, first up, are you taking a prime GP, the glove, Gary Payton, or Russell Westbrook, if you're building a team, let me give you the career stats, GP, 16 points per game, three rebounds, six assists, one steal, 46% from the floor, one-time champ, two-time All-NBA first team, nine-time All-Star, nine-time All-Defense, one-time Defensive Player of the Year, or the Brody, Russ, 23 points per game, six rebounds, eight assists, one steal, 43% from the floor. One-time MVP, seven-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA first team, two-time scoring champ. Ring, who you taking? Near-prime.
1: Near-prime, mm. when you starting a team, I love Russell's motor. Mm. I love his heart. Mm. He gives you everything he has every day. But I'm going with GP. Oh. <laughs> that'll be wild. Okay. GP locks up. Mm. He, he gave Jordan Fitz... Jordan's Jordan, mm-hmm. he gonna get his, but he gives Jordan's fit. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a pass first point guard. He couldn't really shoot, but he knew his pockets to score. Mm-hmm. I love a point guard like that. Mm-hmm. He get up in your face. He'll let you know what you what you ate this morning, everything. Mm-hmm. I like his aggression, and he'll, he'll talk you under the bus. Mm-hmm. GP, nah, that that's my go. That's my Ooh, guy right there.
2: Okay, listen, bruh. I agree with you, my man. I'm not going to lie. I'm going with GP, too, because that one was actually tough for me, though, man. Because I'm like, damn, if I'm building a team, I do want that freak athlete that is Russell Westbrook. But GP, I mean, they both got the intensity, though. So you can't say one is more intense than the other, really. It's control, though. Control. Control. And I feel like GP was a little better, a leader than Russell Westbrook. And I just... I'm a big fan of GP, man. I feel like because he was the best player on a finals team twice, right? He went to the finals twice, I believe, right? With the Sonics, yeah. yeah. He was the best player on a finals team twice. That, to me, that got to give you that. That shows me a little something that you're the best player on that team. You notice with Russ right now. It's him as the best player. He can't get you out the first round. That's a problem. His play style can't get you out the first round. So, GP, I'm going to go with. I feel like it's very tough, though. Very tight for me. Nah. Nah? Landslide. <laughs> <laughs> so landslide? Landslide. Oh, landslide. Okay.
1: It's just, just rust. I, I, empty I a, stats? It's not that it's empty. It's just that his poor decision. Man. He plays great for three quarters. Mm. At the end of the game, he gets like a brain fart. Oh, he always. He, he doesn't remember that he can't shoot. He's going 50 miles an hour, pull up jumpers. It's just, it doesn't do it for me. Yeah, I I agree. It's bad at the end of the game. And then when he's been the second best player Mm -hmm. in his mind, he's still the
2: first. Yeah. Oh, yes. That doesn't mean anything to him. To him, he's always the best player on the team. But he is an alpha. So, I mean, I guess he can't turn it off, but. GP. Last (laughs) (laughs) slide. Next up, are you taking a prime? The human highlight film, Dominique Wilkins, or Kawhi Leonard. Let me give you the career stats. Two different type of small forwards. Uh, Kawhi, 16 points per game, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, 49% from the floor, 1-time champ, 1-time finals MVP, 2-time all-star, 2-time all-NBA first team, 2-time defensive player of the year. Dominique Wilkins. 24 points per game, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, 46% from the floor, 9-time All-Star, only 1-time All-NBA first team, and 1-time scoring champ. Reem, who you got? They're going to hate me for this. Mm. But I think I might have to go to Kawhi.
1: Oh! <laughs> I, might, I might go Kawhi. Okay, tell me what man hands, man like mm. he, he's such a defensive presence and then i thought he was only a system player mm-hmm. he looks really good in toronto he looks very good he, he looks comfortable you know what i'm saying like dominique yeah, dominique was a highlight in a highlight of itself mm-hmm. but he didn't bring a lot other things to me in, in a game mm. unless it was a, a crazy dunk cuz those wasn't dunking like that back in the day mm-hmm. but if you transition that into today's game everybody's dunking like that oh. it's whatever the tangibles you're bringing in and this man hands like crazy throw, yeah I, I gotta go Kawhi. Kawhi is just a specimen in his own mm-hmm. and he takes the defensive assignment of your best player every night and, and is willing to attempt to lock this man down 100% you know what I'm saying so mm-hmm. I'm gonna go
2: Kawhi with Don't this. Don't go Kawhi, yo. We two for two, my brother. <laughs> That's, That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going, I was like thinking, is he gonna take Kawhi? Listen, man. Uh, again, it was tough for me because Dominique Woods is a dynamite scorer. People are sleeping on his score, man. He did average what, 20 or uh, 29 in the season? I think twice, two or three times. He was a bona fide scorer. He did get you to the East Conference Finals by himself. Kawhi. I was like you. I was a little iffy on if he was a system player or whatever until he got hit to Toronto, man. But I'm seeing him being a number one option. He's killing right now. Yeah. I got to give Kawhi some love, man. And he's a bone of... He's going to go down to me. Definitely top 100. Top 50 phew, is going to be tough. I don't know. 75, I give him. 75. Top 75. Yeah, top 50 is tough, right? So, I said definitely top 100 for me. Yeah. Because he's going to be a champ. And I feel like he is going to get to another conference finals or another finals in his career if he stays in the East. I feel like if he stays in Toronto, they definitely can get to the finals this year and many years to come if they build around him. And Kawhi has proven to me in this short span of games, this man is a franchise he's player. He's a real deal. He's a real deal. Two-way player. Phenomenal, man. So, yo, we was two for two on that, man. <laughs> Interesting. Man. I really thought you was going to go Neek on that. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> Uh, before we get on out of here, real quick, I got to give some shout-out to my man, Kemba. I've been calling my man Kemba's name on Twitter and stuff like that, man. To show my man some love. Top five point guard in the league to me. Um, I'm tired of telling y'all. Drop a 60-piece. No love. He's, he needs to get some more love right now. And um, in that 50-piece, he outscored the rest of his entire scheme on half the shots. He shot 21 of 34. The team shot 21 of 65. That's ridiculous. Kemba Walker. Get this man out of Charlotte. Bring him to Brooklyn. Bring him to New York. He needs a hometown boy. We need him to get there. Bring my man Kemba home. Shout out to Kemba, man. Shout out to Kemba, man. Five from New York, ever. Ever, man. Give that man some love. Kemba, man. Um, yeah, so read man before we get on out of here where can the people find the clothing line rich threads everything rich threads r-i-c-h-e underscore
1: threads don't forget rich threads.com we got the crazy 50% off black friday weekend word black friday until
2: cyber monday come shop with your boy shop with your boy <laughs> I love my man Rich Threads, man Yo, my brother, appreciate you for coming on, man Good Episode 74, ahead. man This was, uh, we had to get in with my man Mellow The disrespect, Mellow Yellow Mellow Yellow, man The disrespect got to stop, man So family, this is Above the Rim, Episode 74 And we out